0: hour two on this Tuesday the B team edition Buckeye and baked goods with you here you uh, heard our chat with Wyatt Thompson just minutes ago if you missed any part of it you can uh, go to the team click on the JD show and you can catch any of it there uh, via the podcast usually posted about 1030 11 o'clock after the show And if you missed uh, any game we had on our airwaves, uh, with the exception of a couple here or there where technical problems precluded us from bringing it to you, if you say you missed uh, any part of the CMU Mavericks wins over the weekend, you can go to theteam1340.com, click to the Team Rewind tab, and bingo, bingo, there you go. You have uh, our uh, game archive for this season. And uh, they'll stay up there through the end of the school year, right? So as soon as baseball season is done, we'll archive those and we'll start a new next fall. Yes. But the football games, all through the playoffs, they're up there, ready to go. You have basketball that we've covered so far. Not games we haven't had on the air. If we didn't have it on the air, like the CMU Mavericks, the men, the season opener down in Texas, we didn't have that on the air, so those aren't going to be on the website weird how that works out. I know. Some people understandably confused. And it's only games that we produce. So we're yes. not going to have like avalanche. No, it's only games in-house that we can reproduce with our own copyright. With, and with our own rights. Yeah, it's not going to be, you know, Avs, Nuggets, Broncos. Nobody wants to really hear the Rockies again. But,
1: you not know. Un- not unless you're a masochist.
0: High school CMU football, high school CMU basketball. We'll have high school CMU baseball when that season comes around. And if there's something that you know we have, like an old show from like August or whatever, you can go to our website, theteam1340.com, click on the JD Show or the Team Rewind. Those little SoundCloud widgets that you see, you can click on that and scroll through the history. I don't know how far back it goes, but it goes a ways back. It's fairly so, extensive. It's fairly extensive. You're going to have to scroll for days. But you should be able to find whatever you feel you're looking for. And if you don't, then, well, that's not our fault. Just kidding. I mean, that's mean. I'm going to get in trouble for that. I look Uh, forward to your letters. I was
1: going to say, if you can't find what you're looking for, it's like that U2 song. Still haven't found what I'm looking for.
0: Yeah. That street has no name is (laughs) what that song is called right now. I'm just kidding. Uh, you, thumbs up, thumbs down on YouTube, real quick, because we usually randomly talk music at these uh, times.
1: I think Bono can be a little bit um, extra, as the kids would say. He is very, very much. Uh, he loves him some Bono.
0: Okay, outside of the Lars Ulrich component of Bono, I'm gonna who say talks way too much and loves him some him. I'm gonna say thumbs up musically. I'm gonna say thumbs up musically.
1: Um but you can't always escape the personality.
0: <laughs> so for me, I I do agree with that to waste to a point. With the way the internet is always on our fingers right now, right? Unless you absolutely are paralyzed, you can very rarely accidentally be annoyed by Bono. Most of the time, it's on purpose. And right. what I mean is this, is you aren't, like, the story doesn't just freeze on your phone or the video, and you are absolutely beholden to read it or listen to it. You can scroll past it. Yeah. So if you're annoyed by somebody, like, Lars annoys me at times, Metallica is my favorite band, but still, shut up every once in a while. Just played drums very poorly. Not very poorly, somewhat poorly. Better than me, but poorly on the national average or like Bono or whoever Billy Eilish like you are annoying me but also I can avoid you for the most part <laughs> right so there is that musically if they're trying to force the music onto my music system <laughs> I'm thumbs down let me get it myself let me go find it and appreciate it and then add it myself don't just automatically add it because then that's Like your parents writing down toothbrush and socks on your letter to Santa. Like, you're going to get stuff you want, but you're also going to get stuff you don't want that somebody just gave you. Right. Like the last couple YouTube records. Now,
1: their uh, concert that they did at the Sphere in Las Vegas. Looked
0: awesome. That looked incredible. The little impromptu truck bed on Fremont Street while they're filming the video. That looked cool. Yes. Haven't yet heard the new music. But again, that's also because I don't really go into... Right. U2 territory very much. I'm more... I'm really stuck on the new stuff from Orbit Culture right now, which is a little bit more metal than... Well, most metal bands, but also U2. Right. So there's that. Uh, Anyway, that's just... We kind of just grays here there meander yeah coming up here in about 15 minutes we'll have our broncos report with cody rourke and we'll have four down territory pole dancing this hour stadium cinema coming up in about 12 minutes maybe or so and was that a big yawn or a oh i forgot stadium cinema that was a yawn okay all right so we got that
1: we have stadium state easy for you to say stadium what the hell did you say stadium cinema coming up your chance to win the uh, downtown double play with triple play and Junction Square.
0: Yes. So that's coming up. Keep your earballs peeled for that. Also, we have pole dancing. Top five in the NFL. Top five NCAA hoops. And our top five non-quarterback MVPs in the NFL. You can get your thoughts in on those. 970-242-1340. Call or text. We have a text. This is from last night. And I, I full disclosure, have not seen the play this texter is talking about. Okay. Regarding the Titans' muffed punt, if the ball hits the ground before the returner touches it, is interference allowed? I think that the returner was interfered with as the Dolphins player grabbed his hand before he touched the punt. The ball bounced off the ground, and the coverage man grabbed the returner's hand. Was surprised that the commentators and coaches missed it. Maybe I don't know the rules well enough. Will Levi's Levis? Sorry, Will Levis is an animal, by the way.
1: To the texter's point, I don't think uh, you should feel any sort of shame for not knowing uh, NFL rules well enough because the NFL does not often know its own
0: rules. Yeah, the adjudicators of the rules don't know them well enough at times. Now, that being said, if memory serves, I believe once the punt has touched the ground, you can kind of do whatever to the return man. Within reason, obviously. You can't, like, you know, slice his foot off. or Horse collar. Yeah. Like, as long as it's not generally breaking the rules, you can kind of tackle him out of the way. You can grab his hand and be very gentle and caress the palm if you need to. Whatever. I, I believe that's the case. Because at that point, you're no longer interfering with the catch. Right. And now he's essentially a blocker. Because... He gave up his right to receive I don't, it's some random Stupid wording, but I believe that's The case So there is that And uh, from Kurt Watch the Avs highlights, the ABS look slow Yeah, there. I was talking with somebody I don't remember who it was it may, it may have been Sam on the phone yesterday, it may have been somebody else There's something missing Right I don't know what it is if i did i would probably you know four or five steps through people text somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that can talk to jared bednar i'd be like hey uh you know score more goals guys i can Something take like a
1: that. i can take a swing sure and the the thing that they're missing was on the ice last night just not are you liking his dad <laughs> no no just mm. not in a Colorado Avalanche uniform. <laughs> yeah. I. You know what? I think you're dead on the money. Nazem Kadri is, you know, because he was that guy during the Stanley Cup run and particularly in the playoffs. He was that guy. Yeah. You know, second, third line guy that could score goals for you in crucial situations. Take a little bit of the, you know the attention away from some of the other mm-hmm. linesmen and kind of, you know, you know the, the reputation here and for being kind of a dirty player, there was at one point where that was earned, but he cleaned it up. And that was part of the reason the Avs won the cup in 22. And for him to be kind of, you know, for him not to be on the Avs, plus not having Gabriel Landeskog, that's the other thing too.
0: They were without their captain. And they, they have been going to be two full years.
1: Two full years without your captain. That's not so much the on-ice impact. I mean, it is an on-ice impact because Gabe Landeskog is still a good player. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with this Arturi Lekkanen and his dad stuff that's coming out, if Gabe Landeskog is in that locker room and on the ice with the team, I don't really know that <laughs> – I don't know necessarily if Moose – responds the way that he does. Maybe he does, and maybe, yeah. you know, maybe that maybe that's sort of independent of having your captain, but you know, not having a vocal leader who is a player in your locker room like that for two mm-hmm. years now. Stuff like that could creep
0: up. Yeah, and I I do I agree with you about the Nazim Kadri thing. There was just something in his game like And it's, it's not points, right? Right. It's it's the Kirk Cousins parable, as I call it. It's not that your numbers are X. It's the stuff inside your numbers. Kirk Cousins has 67% completion percentage. Leaves the league in touchdowns. Leaves the league in touchdowns. Has four interceptions. But that 32% incompletion rate, when did those happen? Those happen in big minutes. The Avs don't seem to have the guy that is willing to spend five minutes in the box so you can have a little bit freer ice. Now, not to say that they don't play for each other. They There is. Sometimes they play for each other too much. Like, I want an assist on your goal instead of me scoring it myself because... Apparently scoring goals is bad Assisting is good in the NHL That frustrates the hell out of me But that's neither here nor there Right Because Kadri has 20 points on the He leads the Flames with 20 points You know where that would put him on the Avs this year? Like third or fourth maybe? Fifth There you go More Almost twice as many points for Nathan McKinnon this season McKinnon's got 12 goals and 27 assists. He's at 40 points right now in 29 games, or 39 points in 29 games. And some of the leadership issues, I think, what you say about the abs is accurate because you take a look at... Nathan McKinnon may be one of the best players in the world. Kale McCarr, Mika Ranton in the most fantastic. 28, 25, 27. Like, these are guys that... Maybe... Camel Carr's been around for a long time, but he's not, you know, been around. You know what I mean? Like, they've been pretty good. They've not had the struggles with a lot of these. McKinnon's been around for some struggles, but he's not the guy to go through the room and pick other guys up. That just doesn't seem like his style. I think maybe that type of player that is the borderline guy. And Ross Colt was kind of supposed to be that guy, right? Yep. He's not significantly behind Nazem Kadri's pace point wise, but he's got what? 14, 8 goals, 6 assists. It just doesn't seem like they are a full complement of players. And maybe it's because of Kadri Maybe it's in. Maybe there's something that Mr. Excitement brings. You know, I just I don't think their goaltending is up. To snuff as it has been. I and I agree with Connor McGahee. Don't give me this, I'll call Darcy Kemper. Like, no. No, no. At some point you gotta move on, but I just I don't know what don't know what they're missing. I agree with Kurt though that for all the speed they have in McKinnon and Ranton and all the skaters and just the absolute top level skill, there's something that's not there. I don't know what it is. I agree. It's kind of, kind of like the Nuggets, right? They have a guy that could very well have an argument that he should have won three straight MVPs, and he's in line for a fourth. But the, he's there. Jamal Murray's healthy but still on a minute restriction. Aaron Gordon starting fives back. Bench is trying to find some pieces to replace Uncle Jeff and Bruce Brown. And there's something not – there's something missing. It's just something missing. I don't, I don't know what it is for the Nuggets either. Good news is though, it's December, and they both won last
1: night. And they both won last night. And you have a lot of season yeah. left to maybe add a piece or two that you think could help in that "quote unquote" missing, mm-hmm.
0: you know, void. And we didn't mention this yesterday. The Lakers won the NBA Cup, and they're going to raise the banner. And uh, good for them. Yeah, that's exactly. I said, woo-hoo. Exactly. uh, My reaction's more. uh, Hey, how about that? Yeah, pretty much. That one or this one. Will huzzah, huzzah. Exactly. But right now, it's time.
2: The latest on the Broncos and the league. It's around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show.
0: (laughs) And we start with the Denver Broncos. Right guard Quinn Miners did not travel back with the team after Sunday's win over the Chargers. He spent the night in the hospital after experiencing an irregular heartbeat in the first half. Scary stuff. Yeah. According to multiple reports, Miners has now been released and he's back in Denver with the issue under control. Graham Glasgow similarly played or had a similar irregularity during a 2021 game against the Giants in MetLife. He returned after a game and now plays for the Lions, who plays the Denver Denver Broncos Broncos coming up Saturday on the Team Sports Network. Now, we'll get to that game momentarily. We had the Broncos and the Chargers on Sunday. Broncos winning 24-7. Adam Troutman, he's still open. Like, Derwin James is still trying to get to Adam Troutman to cover him. Two days later, Javante Williams talked about that TD against the Chargers.
3: It might have been... They were actually playing the Chargers in, in the playoffs in ETN um, on the play that we ran. ETN, well, they ran ETN, got the ball, and ran around the outside. So, because Payton felt like if we showed that formation again, they'd think I was getting the ball and he could have Rush boot out. But I actually didn't know Trout could go out for a pass because the whole week in practice, Rush just been running the ball. So, when he threw it, I was I was shocked. But um, it worked, so I'm glad he did it. I didn't even
0: know he could do that. <laughs> I uh, love it. Neither did I, though. For... For full disclosure purposes, I didn't know Adam Troutman could catch the ball either. And Sean Payton talked about the play as well.
4: You're seeing something on film from a playoff game a year ago. Sometimes it might be a clip you see two years prior. I mean, you're counting on human behavior. and You're counting on them seeing something and reacting a way in which you think they're going to. And it was a play that came off of a fourth and one against Jacksonville last year in the playoffs. And... You know, you're rewinding it, you're rewinding it, and all of a sudden you see something, and and then you begin to tinker with it, you put it in. And the challenge, the challenge honestly, as a play caller is the play callers. You really have to be true to the situation. It can't, like, you know, if I'm guilty or any of us are guilty of something, it'd be like you're wanting to open it too quickly. It's not ready, so it has to be the right situation.
0: And now the Broncos have absolutely put panic into the heart and shorts. Of whichever defender that was. I don't think it was Derwin James. But whoever that was for the Chargers. Now, every single time there's a naked bootleg, he is going to freeze. Yep. He's like, crap, I got burned on the run two years ago. And everybody's saying, that's why I got burned on the pass this time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. First down. And it's fantastic. Panic, panic, yes. panic. panic. Oh, Alec Singleton was talking about the fact that the Broncos are... In that schmoz at seven and six, but he doesn't know that because he's not paying attention to standings.
3: Uh, you know, I mean, we know those things,
4: but it's oh, definitely not something that I think about all the time. I, you know, we got to go, you know, play Detroit. We got four more games. Uh, we can, can kind of control our own destiny. So it's take these one week at a time. Do what we've been doing the last, you know, six or seven weeks, and uh, can control what we can control. Sean Payton
0: knows that the Broncos played the Lions and graham glasgow coming up on saturday it's a day earlier it's a travel game so you're gonna have to uh, adjust the schedule just a little bit
4: today's the same players are come in get treatment the lift to watch the tape tomorrow they're off that's the same wednesday's the same I might be a little more mindful of how long we're on the field Wednesday. Thursday, pretty similar. And then it begins to switch now. And what I mean by that is the time we're on the field Friday, but what we're doing Friday will just be more walkthrough, classroom review, indoors. You know, we'll have, we'll stretch and we'll have a light practice. And then we'll fly Friday afterwards.
0: And they'll play Saturday. Coverage starts 4 o'clock on the Team Sports Network. Kickoff a little after 6 from Ford Field. Broncos at the Jim Davis Show. Scrappy, knee-biting, fighting Dan Campbell Lions. Yeah. Oh, allegiances are going to be torn right in half. House divided. Yeah, house divided. The only thing redeeming about Michigan is Dan Campbell's Lions. And that'll be coming up Saturday afternoon on the Team Sports Network. We have our Broncos report with Cody Rourke coming up after Stadium Cinema. New York sports TV shows and movies. Let's play Stadium Cinema
2: on the team.
1: All right. First correct answer on the text line 970 242 1340 wins the downtown double play with triple play with yeah. a small and a pasta salad from Junction Square Pizza. And a $20 gift certificate to Triple Play Records just in time for your holiday shopping season. If you've not finished that up already. First correct answer, 970-242-13. Well, you mean started. Uh, That's also true. Um, Anyway, 970-242-1340. First correct answer, if you don't want the prize or if you've won within the last two weeks, please send it out. Otherwise, text in to 970-242-1340 and name this movie, not a sports movie, but a scene where a character is talking sports.
0: The Giants of New York took on the Packers of Green Bay, and in the end, the Giants triumph by kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin to a big H. I know who it is. I know exactly who that is. It's pretty easy if you, uh...
1: And it's fitting, too, because... Yeah. That's exactly what happened last mm-hmm. night. What was that?! So anyway, text in nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. I may just
0: give another way. Come on, man. Maybe it may. I don't know if it did or not, but maybe it did. And I know exactly who that voice is.
1: Anyway, text in at 970-242-1340. Winner gets an salad from Junction Square and a triple play records gift card.
0: Cody Rourke on the way next. On the other side of a break, it's our Broncos report brought to you by Gallagher's Flooring and Modern Classic Motors.
2: It's your morning sports and more. It's the Jim Davis Show on the team talking Broncos with Mile High Sports Cody Rourke on the Jim Davis Show.
0: That is correct. It's our Broncos report with Mile High Sports Cody Rourke brought to you by Gallagher's Flooring and Modern Classic Motors and we bring in the aforementioned Cody Rourke. Good morning, Cody good morning how are you guys doing good broncos doing good as well one six of seven they're right there in that schmoz for playoff hunt and they kind of control their own destiny we'll we'll get to some other things about that maybe going forward but nice road win beat the chargers on the road knocked out justin herbert took care of Easton stick a nice solid 24 to 7 win on the road by the broncos
3: yeah, I mean, they needed. It was a must-win for them, and, and they came in, and they took care of business, and, and more importantly, you know, going into that game, Justin Herbert was the eighth least sacked quarterback in the league at that point, and Denver found a way to get after him four times in the first half, and uh, just the defense playing at a really good level right now, and it was a big reason they were able to go up, you know, ten nothing going into halftime, and uh, you know, at this point of the season, you know, five, when they had five games left, is you know, yeah, you got to win at least four. Well, they took care of business and one now they look like a team that has every opportunity in front of them to really go on a run here and make the postseason now being one game out of the afc west
0: six sacks on the day all told uh believe a franchise record 68 yards lost uh via sacks for the opposing team you had singleton and jewel and Locke and simmons and allens and also jaquan mcmillan had Just a huge game, really kind of at all three levels, sacking the quarterback. He was pretty decent in run support, and he was uh, very good in the passing game for Jaquan McMillan.
3: Yeah, no, he's arguably been one of the MVPs of Denver's defensive turnaround. I mean, just a guy who's really excelled and kind of you know, me knowing his story a little bit has been impressive to kind of watch him from afar. You know, last season against the Chargers, ironically, in week 18, he got the start on the outside. I believe it was because, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was passer Tan was out of that game, so he was able to play. Um, just obviously making plays and coverage against Mike Williams, and then you know for him to go and transition inside the nickel, he's just got a tendency to be where the football is. He's smart, he's instinctual, he understands alignment, he understands angles against the run, and you know he's very good at communicating and adjusting and, and being able to be a focal point to communicate to the safety and to the corner of the outside that you know he's got this responsibility everybody's on the same page and Denver didn't have that early on in the season. So he, in my opinion, if I had to give a defensive MVP so far this season, I think I would give it to him.
0: Absolutely. He's been fantastic and kind of a revelation. Like you mentioned, go back to week 18 of last year. He's been really good when the Broncos have called his number out there on the outside, also playing well defensively. And I'm going to say this, this is a shameless plug for my Ohio State Buckeyes, both Baron Browning and Jonathan Cooper had good games on the defensive side on Sunday
3: yeah no i mean those guys have been a stable part of what they want to do baron brown has had a fantastic season for denver i mean and he hasn't played in as many games as some of these other guys but you know for him he's playing with a high motor his obviously deflected pass past justin herbert the line of scrimmage led to cooper getting an interception there that allowed javante williams to punch it in from three yards out and just the pressure that these guys are creating and look. You know, while these guys didn't get a sack on Sunday, the way that they are creating pressure allowed other guys to get home as well. So, it's kind of conducive. You know, it's not just one guy getting a sack. It's, hey, that's a win for the defense, and those guys are doing their job at a good level, not to mention playing well against the run. So, yeah, those guys have been a catalyst for for Denver's success and sustainability on the defensive side of the ball as well.
0: Flip it over to the other side of the ball. Offensively, Russ looked good. You had the uh, Troutman TD, Cortland Sutton with a great catch. But uh, Russ, again, continues not great numbers. They weren't, you know, eye-popping going to pop off the page for you. But he had 224 yards, a couple of touchdowns, running game was pretty solid for the Broncos with 100 yards. I think the number that is really key, and we don't know what's going to happen with him going forward, but for Quinn Miners, he is the fifth of five in snaps for the Broncos' offensive line. So out of all five of them, he's got the least... It's still 95.9%. This offensive line has been standing next to each other since the start of the season, and I think that's kind of one of the unspoken things that has kept this uh, Broncos offense. Although numbers aren't eye-popping, they've been very consistent the last three or four weeks.
3: Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing is that they've been healthy on the O-line, which they weren't healthy on that unit last year. And obviously for Quinn, the only snaps he missed were due to the fact that he... Had to go to a local uh, hospital due to a regular heartbeat. He made it back to Denver yesterday. Um, no update on if it's going to impact his status this week, but I imagine we'll find out a little bit more from Sean Payton tomorrow as we get ready uh, to see practice. Obviously, Denver will be on practice till tomorrow. Thursday, they'll have a light walk through on Friday, and then they're going to fly Friday night to Detroit for Saturday night's kickoff against the Lions. So, uh, I mean, that's, you know, continuity there has been very, very important. And if Quinn misses any time, it'll be very interesting to see you know, how Luke Wattenberg does. I thought he did actually a pretty solid job stepping into the second half. It's a tough ask to ask anybody to do, but he was ready for it. Did a solid job against that defensive line and that front seven that the Chargers have.
0: Adam Troutman with that touchdown catch from Russ. He's wide open. In the end zone still hasn't been covered. Actually, two days later, we heard all the players, Javante Williams. He was talking about it yesterday. Uh, Sean Payton was talking about it yesterday. And I said it, I believe on the show yesterday, that, That's a grown-up play caller with a grown-up quarterback to be able to put that decision in Russ's hands and on a third and one to call that play. I don't want to say ballsy because, you know, a naked boot on a third and short is something that's kind of, you know, textbook for the NFL. But it just felt very grown up by Sean Payton to make that call and something we haven't seen with the Broncos offensive coordinators for a few years.
3: Yeah, and I think a, a big thing for, for that is, you know, Sean Payton even told us yesterday he's he's looking at all the touchdowns that happened over the weekend, and they may draw inspiration that they may use something, you know, from there based on a play design from, you know, you know th- this week they may use it next year. Now he was referencing going back to against the Chargers last year hunting Jaguars when they had to steal the game-winning field goal. They had that fourth down play, kind of a simulation where they tossed it out to Travis Etienne, Instead of tossing it, you know, they sold the look as if they're going to toss it. They keep roll out. I mean, there's different things you can build off of it. Sean Payton is very creative. He's very innovative when it comes to play design and scheme on Fridays. When we get to watch, we get to be a little bit closer to the action indoors. Uh, since they've been playing some indoor games, they've been practicing on Fridays inside the, the Pat field Fieldhouse. And just listening to him talk about why, why they do this, why the route needs to be at this landmark and what they're trying to capitalize on. It gives you great insight. So, I mean, I've kind of noticed from afar. Sean is very innovative when it comes to play design and scheme and trying to get guys open, trying to create the best opportunity for them to capitalize. They've had opportunities in some designs this year. They just haven't been able to hit it. Obviously, on Sunday, they were able to hit that one to Troutman. Great design there. Russ could have even kept it himself if he wanted to. But you know what? They took uh, took the open touchdown, put the dagger in it for the, the Los Angeles Chargers, and now going to be very interesting to see how they counteract against this aggressive detroit Lions defense on saturday
0: what the play reminded me of or who rather is all the talk about kyle shanahan right like it's a scheme and this play sets up this play sets up this play sets up this play and what you just mentioned there is that's where a guy that's been calling plays in this league that still work 20 years down the road with all of the you know advancements and innovation and rpos and this and that and the whole thing is the fact that if you set it up defenses are going to bite and it worked for the broncos and like you mentioned it's coming up they got the lions on saturday we'll talk about that more on thursday i'm sure Uh, question i i I hesitate to ask because i know uh, people seem to like him a whole lot jerry judy is just feeling like he's kind of in his own head right now
3: yeah, I mean, I don't think it's too much of anything. And, and Sean even said he's not not overly concerned about it. I mean, yeah, I mean, there was that one play, Russ delivered, I think, a great ball down the right sideline, kind of toward the sideline there. Jerry running out of full speed, you know, couldn't get his hands on it, couldn't get both feet in. And obviously on the the touchdown right before halftime, just got to get that back foot dragged there. I mean, aside from that, look, I think Broncos Twitter, they're overly emotional. This fan base is very very emotional when it comes to Jerry Judy. Jerry's fine, in my opinion, you know, talking to Jerry. Jerry's, <laughs> Jerry's not losing his head, and there was some, some video circulating out there. I mean, you saw it on the broadcast, Sean Payton talking to him about, you know, maybe a, how to attack the angle a little bit better, and then some people said that was like a heated altercation. There was no heated altercation at all. It's just this fan base is overly sensitive about Jerry Judy, and it's, it's weird. Look, You know, he had a chance to make a couple plays, didn't. It happens. The National Football League but you got to keep going to him and I think that's Sean Payton's key. I don't think Sean Payton is going to shy away from that. And look, Jerry could have a big game this Saturday against the Lions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think guys yelling at each other on the sidelines during a game, I kind of take that with a grain of salt. If it's if it's in practice or in the locker room or halftime or whatever, that's that's a little bit different. So, Lions coming up on Saturday, it's going to be one day shorter of a week. For the Broncos, what's the big thing from the Chargers game they need to carry over to the Lions game coming up on Saturday?
3: I just think continuing to protect the football is going to be the biggest thing for them. Defensively, look, you look at where Jared Goff is at. He's not a mobile quarterback, so I think that plays well to what Denver can do. I think they have to send pressure after Jared Goff fluster him because he does airmail some throws when he's feeling pressured. And it's a risk-reward against an offense that has talented receivers the way that the Lions do. I mean, Detroit's a very well-balanced offense. They can run the ball really well. They got two really good backs in Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, Uh, both guys I think had 60 plus yards rushing this past weekend here. Obviously, the Detroit struggled this past week against Chicago, but they're a dangerous team. And, And you know, there's nothing more dangerous than when you back up a team who's you know had a really good start. They're going through a little bit of a slump right now. Um, And, you know, as you get to the postseason, it starts to get a little bit more anxious. The stakes are high for Denver. The stakes are high here for the Detroit Lions. And so um, it's going to be one of those games that Denver is going to have to bring their A game because it's going to be a tough matchup for them here on Sunday.
0: Absolutely. You can hear more analysis like that. Mile High Sports, Lockdown Broncos podcast. You can read it at milehighsports.com. Cody, thanks for uh, the time this morning. We'll have another Broncos report with you coming up on Thursday.
3: All righty. Sounds good. Have a good one, gentlemen. All right, absolutely,
0: Cody. We, oh, with no go Tigers, just Ooh. a straight up he gone. And hey, man, well, he gone. You guys are going to have to bring that up. Is it me? Is it me that Because that's Am the, I the problem? That's the third straight no go Tigers with Cody and and uh, with me hosting huh. on the Jim Davis show. That is very that's concerning for me personally because, you know, I, I always thought Cody liked me. Maybe. Hard questions. Who knows? I don't know. But hard uh, hard hitting questions. Hard hitting questions only by yours truly. What's your favorite Pop Tart (laughs) among those? Because absolutely everybody. What's your favorite Pop Tart? I'm I'm with Wyatt. I like the strawberry. Strawberry's good.
1: Brown uh, brown sugar. sugar. That's a good one. That Mm -hmm. is a good one. Um, I haven't tried any of the kind of. I don't try the wacky flavors. Yeah. I think there was one point there was... Oh, you know what? Actually, there's a, there was... I don't know if they still have them, but there was a
0: s'more flavor. <sighs> yes. That one was good. So I usually don't try the wacky flavors for two reasons. You don't like change? Three reasons. <laughs> <laughs> one, I don't like change. <laughs> two, same. I don't want to spend money on something I may not like. Same. Reasonable. Three, I'm hesitant to get it and love it and have it be an LTO, right? A limited time offering like the McRib. Yes. I pace myself on McRibs. Get a Gorge two or three early and then maybe one a week after that until they're gone. Cause I don't want to be like, oh man, I need another McRib here. Or man, it's been so long since I, I gotta go. So they come in, you get like that first week, you get two or three. They're like, all right. We're satiated. We're, you know, good on them. And then you keep hit hit and miss on the way back. Then when they take them away, it's not so much of a, oh, what am I going to do? Oh, my God. I am also hesitant to change. The worst thing that I experience change-wise is when, without warning, one of my favorite fast food joints changes their fries. Ooh. Oh, man. That will spin me into another dimension of cranky faster than anything else. Now, for a
1: second, crazy. For a second, I thought you say the biggest change you underwent was when you got married. That's that's That's
0: different. That's a big life change. That's a that's an actual real world change. This is ridiculous nature change.
1: This one was also your marriage was, as far as I can tell, planned. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The changing of the french fries at certain fast food establishments That right. one was just sprung on you
0: Yeah, don't ambush me with new fries Because if I'm still going there That means I like the fries you have currently Right Don't change that Burger King, Wendy's Don't change it Go back And Wendy's bring back the yellow containers Ooh, yeah The old school yellow Yeah, absolutely From a,
1: Straight from the 80s and 90s it was
0: 1994, baby At oh, the yeah. mall in the 95, 99 cent JBC's Yep Absolutely. It's $4 for two. Did we get a winner for uh, the uh, Stadium Cinema Deal? We did. All right.
2: <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Who is victorious
0: today?
1: Darren, our winner today. Nice. Now, I thought. Darren was the first-time winner when I typed it into our prize uh, software. Turns out I just uh, spelled his name wrong. That being said, first-time winner in almost seven years. Seven years? Look at that. So congrats, Darren, getting the... uh, Big,
2: hairy, American winning machine.
1: (laughs) Getting the uh, downtown double play with uh, triple play and uh, Junction
0: Square. The movie clip, of course The Giants of New York took on the Packers of Green Bay And in the end, the Giants triumph By kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin to a big H That
1: is, of course What was that? Coming to America The first one
0: The OG with yeah. Eddie Murphy
1: It's
0: not McDo- McDonald's, it's McDowell's McD- It's not the Big Mac, it's the Big Mick <laughs> John Amos is fantastic Oh my god I <laughs> I love that movie for various various reasons. It is. a Akeem? Yeah, it's just fantastic. James Earl Jones, Arsenio Hall, <laughs> Cleveland Zone in yes. that movie. Oh, okay. such good stuff. Total, total sidebar. Mm-hmm. Arsenio Hall has a great
1: story that he told on, I believe it was Snoop Dogg's YouTube or podcast, or whatever, about how he was working at the Arsenio Hall show. He was it's getting, weird
0: how he ended up getting a job
1: there. I know, right? He was getting, he was getting ready for the show. Suge Knight showed up at the at, at the gate outside of security with and said that Suge Knight and a child is here to see you. And the the child turned out to be artist, a uh, little bow wow. But at, <laughs> but at the time, another Cleveland zone. But at the time, our hall was freaking out because he's like, "Did I accidentally impregnate Suge Knight's niece? And is he here to give me the baby and a?" He's, he didn't say butt whooping, but <laughs> that's what he meant. And he's freaking out. And then it turns out it was. Because just... he
0: was seeing the niece for a little bit, right? I don't know
1: 100% for sure, but he, he was panicked. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, my God. Arsenio yeah. Hall from the mean streets of Cleveland. That's a little different when faced with Suge Knight, especially knowing where Suge ended up. Exactly. So, Suge, Suge in the Yeah. <laughs> And uh, hopefully, they don't have this show on podcast because we're easy to find.
2: It's very.
0: Uh, before, we got pole dancing on the other side of a break, but we got enough time right now to work in a little.
2: We're into four down territory on the Jim Davis show on the team.
0: <laughs> All right. First down, Shohei Otani signed a $700 million, Two H's, $700 million. million And 680 of that are going to be deferred. Gone. Now, that puts him into rare territory because Bobby Bonilla is still getting paid by the Mets. Still. Yes. He's got uh, (laughs) 8% interest on his deal, so he's going to get $1.1 million from the Mets until 2035. Bobby Bonilla. It's our favorite day. It's July 1st every year. It's Bobby Bonilla Day. We talk about this sort of thing all the time because it happens for a lot of other players. Ken Griffey Jr. was the sixth highest paid Red Reds Cincinnati, uh, in Cincinnati this year, and he's not played for the Reds in like eight years. Bobby Bonilla has not played for the Mets since 1999, and he's still getting paid. The, the GM that authored that deal is Steve Phillips. Okay. And now Steve Phillips says... On X, I want to clarify reports the Dodgers consulted with me before giving all of the deferred compensation to Shohei Otani. They did not. But I am sure glad they did it because it takes me off the hook for Bobby Bonilla, July 1st, no, 2024. No, it doesn't, it just Steve. Just got way better for me. No, it did not. It did not, Steve. No, and you know why? Because it's still happening. Not only that. Cause now when Shohei's payment comes due (laughs) He's gonna get met It could've gone done At 2035, July 1st, nobody would have mentioned it. Now, not only does it not take him off the hook, it works in it reverse, amplifies it. Yeah, because it's like, man, remember they got this idea because Steve Phillips paid Bobby Bonilla for 30 years, and and by the way, two million dollars a year is what show he's
1: making now. Bobby Bonilla is making just about half that, just under, with, just over half, without having to do yeah. squat,
0: let alone pitch and hit. That's oh, so it's good. fantastic. Anyway. Uh, so, you Second remember round. the big refrain, do you believe, from Coach Prime, who I ended believe. up going four and eight. Now, a lot of people... Give me my theme music. A lot of people believed in Coach Prime. That would be me. Do people believe in Kirk Street? Kirk Street on Friday, was talking to Pat McAfee. McAfee said, reluctantly, that he's going to re-up for College game day. Okay. And... Pat McAfee Much got to- this out of Herb Street. I'm just gonna say this right now. If you dare even think of leaving college game day, I'm leaving with you. No, he's not. Not for one second. No, he's not. Not even at all. Because I don't, I don't believe it. The, then he's got Amazon Prime, and he's not even on TV really. He's on A T V, but he's not on TV. He's on the he's not on the medium, he's on yeah. the box via stream. I'm more interested to know what College Game Day does in a future without Lee Corso. They've yeah. been doing a lot of it. Man, I love Lee. Not so fast, but, but it is. It's, it's a struggle, getting, and you can tell it's hard. And it's hard for him, too, yeah. probably. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Sec, uh, Third and fourth down.
1: Turkish football. Yeah, yeah, I saw this. Which is actually soccer. They have uh, have been suspended by their league because... One of the club presidents hospitalized a referee by punching him in the face. And uh, before you ask, no, it was not Patrick Mahomes. Oh, or was Canary's it Patrick Tony. Mahomes? No, it was not.
2: He put him in the
1: eye. All right, fourth down. The Athletic did a report on a former Jaguars employee who worked in the <laughs> finance department, accused of stealing $22 million over a four year period So between that and Urban Meyer's hiring, which one do you think is going to do more long-term damage for the Jaguars?
0: I'm going to go with the employee. I agree. Because not only did he steal the money, he, like, defrauded the team. (laughs) So, and... Shad Khan's also got his kid to worry about losing money hand over fist (laughs) running AEW as well. We'll take a break, come back with a little uh, pole dancing that's right around the corner on The Jim Davis Show. It's Colorado sports leader, The Team.
2: Cuckoo, loony, and crazy. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado sports leader, The Team. We got it together, didn't we? Coming to the stage, it's Amber. Remember, everybody, $14 kamikaz. Let me ask you a question
3: Do I make you horny, baby? Do I?
2: I mean, really, when you really sit and think about it, it's really, really nice. Get those dollar bills out. It's time for pole dancing. I can easily feel
0: That's right. It is time for pole dancing. Our top five NFL teams, our top five college. Basketball teams and our random for today the top five non quarterback MVP candidates in the NFL. You can get yours in throughout the course of the rest of the show. Uh, 970 242 1340. You can get those in call or text, although next hour very tight, so probably more text. All right, we get things started with the national football league to a man the national football league and national football league players uh my number five team even though they lost last night i still have them in there because well they they're nine and four they could lose twice as many games and still finish above 500 but they got out to such a nice start. I'm going to have the Miami Dolphins as my number five team.
1: That's not a bad pick at all. I do feel kind of bad because I've left them out of my top five because they lost last night Mm. to a not great Tennessee team. Uh, Hashtag fact. That's true. I am going to pick, and I know this is going to sound like I'm wearing my uh, orange and blue. Oh, you did
0: not. Oh, my.
1: Six of the last seven games they've won. they
0: dominated LA I'm
1: number five is my Denver Broncos.
0: Denver Broncos you mean to tell me there are not five teams in the NFL that are better than the Broncos in your opinion no comment you Homer I know we do not subscribe to that sort of thing on this program it is unbiased and fair and no Homerism my Cleveland Browns are the number four team in the NFL after their win over the Jacksonville Jaguars I also, in Cleveland with Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco throwing the ball.
1: I also have your brownies as the number four ranked team in the National Football League. Now, question for you. Yes. If somehow miraculously Joe Flacco uh, gets the browns to, let's say, the AFC Championship game, let's maybe also say the big game, are you buying a Joe Flacco jersey?
0: If they make the Super Bowl, yes. Fair absolutely. Enough. 100%. Fair I will enough. get a Joe Flacco jersey and I will wear it on game day for the rest of that other quarterback's contract. You heard because it here first. Put Joe it on tape. Joe Flat, if he gets the Browns to the Super Bowl, the Cleveland Browns, just put that in a vacuum. Cleveland Browns in the Super Bowl. Absolutely. If he wins it, I might, might, <laughs> might, might get his name tattooed on my body. <laughs> <laughs> I you may heard put first. his name, may, may put his name plate across the back of my shoulders. Permanently if he wins the Super Bowl for the Browns. Coming in after Thanksgiving. Are you serious? <laughs> Legend. And if he does that, don't He's- even need to wait five years. Just drive right down the road to Canton. Give a speech. That's all you need to do. Oh, anyway, you got it. My number three team, after their win, they're playing really well right now. They are the number two seed. In the NFC, the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Yours and my list are very similar because mm-hmm. I also have the Dallas Cowboys as number three.
0: I have uh, Joe Flacco's other team, oh my the God. Baltimore Ravens, as number two. Swear to God, I'm not, I'm not copying. San Francisco, number one. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Our only difference is the number five team. I put in Miami, and you, you homered it. I up. know. I totally right. homered it. Top five college basketball teams, and now I haven't really gotten a ton of eyeballs on college hoops. Neither have I. But I know Zag is pretty solid right now. They're pretty salty. They're eight and two. I have the Zags number five.
1: I have honorable mention uh, my CU buffs after they went over Miami. My number five, the CSU Rams. I think they're sneaky, sneaky good. To maybe do some damage Come this March If they keep playing like they are
0: There were a top 15 team Headed into the weekend They fell 6 slots To number 18 In the coaches poll The AP top 25 Has them at 17 I have the Baylor Bears As my number 4 team in college Basketball
1: I got Houston right now as my number 4 for your Houston, college basketball, pretty good. they're pretty solid right yeah, now.
0: Yeah, I have uh, three teams in the Big Twelve. Well, four teams and Gonzaga. If you if they if they make that work, my top five is all next year's Big Twelve teams because I have Kansas number three because Kansas sitting there at nine and one. They're pretty good. I have Purdue at number three. I have Kansas at number two. I have Houston two, and we probably have Arizona number one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe in Purdue after losing to a 16 seed. I don't believe in Zach Eady. I don't believe in Purdue. I don't think they're going to do really anything. Our well, right. good news this is December and not March. That's true. But they'll probably be six and one, half dozen of the Probably. Top five non-quarterback MVP candidates in the NFL. I'll uh, just kind of semi-quickly blow through mine. Deron Bland, he has got five non-offensive, five pick sixes. I have Deron Bland at number five. TJ Watt is having a fantastic season. Stop griping about the referees. They're not screwing you. He's number four. Miles Garrett having a great season. The referees are screwing him. He's number three. Christian McCaffrey, Is just having a nutso season, but I don't think people realize just how good a season he's having because of all the other weapons around him. Right. And then even though he got hurt last night, he's on pace for 2,000 yards. You see how they play with him and without him? The Cheetah, Tyreek Hill, is my top non-quarterback MVP candidate in the National Football League.
1: I've got, in no very particular order, I have Kelsey's both Jason and Travis.
0: Oh, well, that's a good one. Jason, Jason for one.
1: how the Eagles have played, now essential he is and Travis cuz he's pretty much the only weapon from Mahomes there. You as- know what?
0: That'll make up for your putting the Broncos in the top 5.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I also have Deron Bland, TJ Watt, Tyreek Hill and Christian McCaffrey. I do feel bad for leaving Miles Garrett off. I know. Oh. I know.
0: I know. I <sighs> know. Well, we'll not come to Fisticuffs cuz we have to play nice next hour. It's Mav Day. We'll have head coach of the Maverick men, Mike George, coming up in mere moments. Uh, they added a couple of players over the weekend. We'll talk about that. Uh, head coach Taylor Wagner coming up in about 25 minutes. And at the back half of the hour, Mickey Winder of the Maverick swimming and dive team. Mav Day is up next. Hour three approaches on the Jim Davis Show on the team.